Today, our scripture passage for our first Sunday in Advent comes from Jeremiah, the prophet. And so we'll be hearing from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. You can follow along in your own Bible or Bible app, or you can listen to the word as it is read. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety, and this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, everybody, ready or not, Christmas is here. (laughs) Anybody feel it? Feel the pressure a little bit? I felt the pressure recently when we got back from our trip to Disney and had Thanksgiving. I'm like, okay, here we go again. Make sure everything's decorated. Make sure the Christmas lists are ready, right? When you start driving around the town, you're starting to see each night the streets starting to twinkling and some lights being put up, right? Some businesses and homes. We actually saw... One of our traditional stops last night, we drove by, there's a house that we always know that gets decorated big, and it was up, ready to go on the first weekend. Makes me feel like I got to get out in the rain today and finish up my outside. I got the reefs, that's about it. I got to work on the lights. But yeah, Christmas is here. Schedules are starting to fill up with activities, all the traditional things that we like to do at the holiday season, all the things that we like to do, all the things we like to make and all that kind of good stuff. Even the church, being the first Sunday of Advent, Both sanctuary spaces are decorated. Purple for Advent is up. The food bags are out. You know, here we go. We are in Christmas mode. You know, and uh, at my house, what we like to do, one of our traditions, is as we do Christmas activities that are like decorating the tree, making cookies, writing out the Christmas cards, we like to put on in the living room just one of our favorite Christmas shows. You know, we have a list I'm sure some of y'all have a list of shows that you've got to watch or it wasn't Christmas, okay? For us, that list is Home Alone 1 and 2, both of them, okay? Home Alone 3 does not count. I'm sorry, that's just not the real deal, all right? You've got Elf, which is kind of a new tradition for us. You've got the Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, you've got all those. And you've got the classics, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas. you got to hear Bing, okay? And so... White Christmas. Oh, wait a minute. You're jumping jumping ahead now, okay? Jumping ahead. Now, there is one show, though. There is one show at my house that I have enjoyed my entire life, actually. And those in my house just grin and bear it. It's the one that's shown usually 24 hours, right, on repeat, some point on Christmas Eve night, all the way through Christmas Day. And, yes, it's the Christmas story, okay? That is one of my favorites. I don't know why. But others in my house don't feel the same way, but they grin and bear it while we let it play in the background, right? Usually as we open presents the morning of and all that kind of stuff. It's one of those shows that you can kind of zone in and out, you know, exactly what shenanigans Ralphie's getting into, right? And we all know the premise of the story is about the child or the kid named Ralphie that puts on his list, I had to write down, make sure I get it right, because I can't, he says it so fast. He wants the official Red Ryder Carbon Action 200 shot range model air rifle, okay? And there's one that he says also with a compass in the stock, okay? That's the rifle, the air rifle he wants, the whole show, the whole show he wants it. And all throughout the movie, 
the movie is about the time of him waiting and leading up to Christmas morning, right? The whole time is him getting ready for Christmas morning where he knows that Santa's going to leave that air rifle for him. He just knows it. And so he's got to tell everybody. He's got to tell everybody. He's got to write it in the paper for his teacher. He's got to tell the mall Santa. He's got to tell everybody. And the response that he gets to his frustration is, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. You don't need that gun. And he just, just grins like, you know, I'm going to get the gun, you know, and I'm not going to shoot my eye out, okay? And so the whole premise is him waiting for that glorious morning where he would get the present he's been hoping for. You know, the season of Christmas, the season of Advent, entails a lot of waiting. A lot of waiting. You know, as we go into the, the each day, you know, an Advent, and each Sunday has a theme, and this one's hope, next Sunday's peace, the following's joy, and the last one's love. Each one has a theme. And so when you look at hope, when you look at hope, you have to understand what hope really is and what it means for us in today's world as Christians to recapture the true meaning of hope. Because each Sunday in Advent, we're going to look at recapturing the true meaning of each of these themes of the day that we worship. And so what is hope? What does hope really mean for us? What does it mean for the world, especially those as followers of Christ? Well, the passage today highlights, I feel like, the theme of hope really well. The, the passage from Jeremiah. To set the stage of what's going on here when Jeremiah writes these words or says these words as they're put in Scripture. The southern kingdom of Judah is about to be conquered by the Babylonians. Jerusalem is surrounded. It is not a very hopeful scene at this point in time. And so what happens to Jeremiah, if you read a little bit before this passage, he's actually been put in jail by the, by the king because he was speaking out against the king and all the wrong that they were doing and saying, God's going to punish you and put you in exile. Y'all better shape up. Well, he got put in jail as the Babylonians were around the city. And so he gives a message of hope. He gives a message of hope in this moment here. And I want to revisit this because I think there's things in this message that we can learn today. First, in verse 14, he says, The days are surely coming says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. He is reassuring the people that the Lord is going to fulfill his promise despite how bleak it looks outside, or how bad it's about to be. I am going to go with you and your promise will eventually be fulfilled. Just hold tight. And we know what these promises are. We know that this promise points to the Messiah, our Savior. But at this time, they had no clue as they heard these words. They just know a promise is coming. Verse 15, In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up David. This is a righteous branch that we know that comes through Jesus Christ. This is a branch that is coming to save the world. This is the branch that we are all waiting for, hoping for. This is the moment that we are called to be waiting for. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in this land. And in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. 
Now, Jeremiah is telling the people then, reminding us now of the wonderful acts of the Savior and what it means for each and every one of us as we hope and we wait. You know, we are waiting for the second coming of Christ. As Kate said in her children's moment, we are waiting for the second coming of Christ. We are hopeful for his return. And the people of this day and age were hopeful for the Messiah to come and restore, restore their city that they're about to be conquered, to restore their name and who they are. This is the hope that they need. But as we are sitting here focusing on hope and recapturing what that means, the thing with hope that we have to remember is that it is a season of waiting. And y'all, a lot of us don't like to wait. Waiting is not any fun sometimes. You know, in this day and age with technology, we don't like to wait much for our food. We'd rather order it ahead of time and go and pick it up and get home real quick. We live in the society where you can have two-day shipping and you can get anything in the world shipped to your house in two days, usually. We don't like to wait. We want things now. We don't enjoy waiting. Who likes to wait and get their car tag renewed? That's one of the things I hate the most in the world. I've got my stuff ready. I just need to get my extra sticker and go. You know, we hate to wait at the bank. We hate just to wait. We hate to wait at the doctor's office. We always complain about waiting. And you know, waiting's not always that bad. Waiting is not always that bad because when you hope, you're hoping for something of the future and as you hope, you wait and this is the time. That will be the moments where God will come and join you in your waiting. That is holy space, holy time. One of my most favorite passages that that highlights waiting and being still and listening to God is the one where Moses is called. As he sits there in the wilderness and sees the burning bush, which is a common thing multiple times, you'll see burning bushes in the wilderness, but he noticed because he was waiting, he was quiet, and noticed the bush wasn't being consumed by the fire. And that's where God joined him in that moment. And so I think for us, as we try to rush through life, we want to wish away the wait, get to the end result, And what we do is that we're wishing away the time that God is wanting to join us and to shape us, to make us righteous. You see, the word righteous is a a word we hear a lot in the church, but do we know what it really means? Do we know what it means to become righteous? Simply put, it's being formed by God. It's being formed by Him to align yourself to His will. Is being synced with God. And the ways that we can do that is through the waiting that we have in our life. As we hope and wait for that second return. As we wait. Just as the people that Jeremiah are talking to are about to be exiled. Are going to have to hope for the restoration that they're going to get. In those moments of waiting. That's where God will come and join us. And that is precious time that we don't need to wish away. And as we're being formed in this righteous image, as we are hanging on to that word, what does it mean if we're going to be aligning to our, His will? Well, I mean, the greatest commandment, what God wants us all to do, is to love God Himself and love your neighbor, right? And what's the most important time of the year than this time of the year of Advent for us to not realign ourselves as we wait 
to realign ourselves to God, what he is calling us to do, but at the same time, loving our neighbor. There's a lot of hurt out there in the world. We all have our our own hurts, but so do our neighbors as well. There's a lot of need out there, and this time of year just tends to highlight the need. You know, Christmas is supposed to be the focus of the birth of Christ. It's supposed to be the focus of Christ. But as I said earlier, when Christmas is upon us, you know, we get real busy with other stuff. Some of it's okay, some of it is whatever. And the busier you are, the less time you have to focus on your neighbor and to focus on God. You know, a quote that, that Andy uses, and I like to use it too, is that the devil may not just be specifically, you know, driving into you at the moment, but he can keep you pretty busy to where you lose focus on God. And I think this time of the year, if we're not careful while we're waiting, that we don't get sidetracked with other things that make us lose our focus. You know, there's neighbors out there, there's plenty of places out there that need volunteers to help them with feeding the hungry. You know, our youth group and Jason's connected with Shower Power a lot. I like to lift them up. They do a lot of great things. That is a way to align yourself to God's will and serve them. Our church makes it real easy for us to plug in. These food bags go to Madcap and Trinity to feed those that need the food. So those that are trying to help themselves, we can provide a good meal for them so they can continue to pay that light bill. You know, there are so many ways that we can connect and love our neighbor. And it can just be the very organic way of walking down the street to one of your neighbors that you know that's had a bad year and offering them the meal or writing them a sweet note in the Christmas card or giving them a little happy, letting them know that they're not forgotten, that they may have one less person at their dinner table for Christmas, but you realize that and you gave them some love. There are many ways we can become righteous as we wait. And see, this is the time where we don't want to wish away that moment we have because these are holy moments. These are moments that will refine us and align us to God. You know, just like in that movie, The Christmas Story, a lot of the things that we enjoy about the movie is not the very end result, which is very funny. But it's also that time that Ralphie has all the things that he has to endure while he is waiting. Just as we have to endure all these things that we go through as we are waiting. And so when you recapture hope, when you recapture hope, I think what we have to focus on is, yes, Christ is coming. We are getting ready to celebrate the birth. But as we recapture it, we need to embrace the wait. Look for ways that God is making us righteous as we align ourselves to his will in our lives. Because we serve a God that's full of love, full of grace and mercy, that is in the restoration business. And I think this is the most perfect time of the year where we find ways that we can give love, where we can give forgiveness where we can be part of the restoration business with our neighbors. And so my challenge to us, as we go through Advent, as we recapture it, don't let the commercialized world distract you. 
Don't get sidetracked by the fancy commercials and all that kind of stuff that's going on and the fancy shops. While those are fun. But know what you're waiting for. Know whose you are. Know the power of God and what he has and what he has the ability to do in this world. And surrender yourself to it. Surrender yourself to it. Embrace the silence. Embrace the wait. You see, I got real picky when we did the nativity scene up here. There's no baby Jesus yet. There's no wise men yet. Because it hasn't happened. A lot of times we'll rush and go ahead and put the baby Jesus. And go ahead and put the wise men out there. Because it was just easy to take them out of the box and do it. No. It's not yet time. Our purpose is to wait. Is to wait. And to have the hope that we know that scripture teaches us. And what Jesus Christ has brought us through the resurrection. And so may we embrace all of this. May we truly focus on God. May we truly focus and love our neighbor. And may we spread the message of hope and be the light in the world. You know, we just don't have to have the twinkling lights on the houses and the trees. We also are the light with the Holy Spirit of God entering into the world to spread this message of hope as we all await the birth and the resurrection and the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray.